0: Warning, this podcast contains adult content, including frank descriptions of sex, and lots and lots of swear words. Enjoy. I ride her legs shamelessly, way more rough with myself than I'd ever consider being with her. My fingers on her clit are gentle, light, delicate, and precise. In contrast, I use her knee as a blunt instrument, grinding my clit and labia all at once with shock waves of every impact against her radiating deeper. And it's not long until the sensation has me losing my mind and my coordination. My fingers, once artful, rub her rhythmlessly as my mouth latches and unlatches from the sweet soft kisses and skin of her breast at random. She thrusts against my hand, bumps her knee against me, and rubs it side to side. The two of us crash against each other, all coordination lost, until at last she takes two rough hand fulls of my hair, yanks my fate face tight to her chest, and lets out a yell. Fresh wetness soaks my fingers, and I plunge them inside her, wanting to feel the contractions of her orgasm.
1: Claire. Neil. That passage was very inappropriate.
0: Inappropriate for what?
1: I don't know, people we don't give a fuck about?
0: <laughs> I loved it. I loved
1: it. But Claire, we, those people. we need to do our podcast.
0: <gasps> our podcast! Our
1: podcast! I'm Hi, excited. I'm Neil.
0: And I'm Claire.
1: And this is FMK Lit.
0: Where we read two romance novels.
1: A straight one and a queer one.
0: And then we play fuck, Mary kill with the characters.
1: We sure do, as evidenced by uh, orgasm contractions that Indeed. we just had. Um, also, all the spoilers. So many spoilers. We're gonna, We're gonna tell you everything. Give
0: it to you. We're gonna just, give it to you and give it to you and give it to you. I'm just
1: gonna give you those dirty spoilers.
0: Yeah, I'll give it to you.
1: So if that's not something that you consent to, you should go read a review, and then when you don't care about spoilers, come back and have a chat with us.
0: And then we'll give it to you. Oh, give it to. You. <laughs>
1: Claire, you picked books for us to read.
0: I did! What do did you remember we the read? theme?
1: I, I do, but let's remind our listeners.
0: The theme was knitting. Knitting? Yes.
1: So which books did we read?
0: We read Knit Pearl, A Baby and a Girl, an LGBTQ Romance by Hetty Bell. And we also read Neanderthal Seeks Human, A Smart Romance, Knitting in the City, Volume 1, by Penny Reed. Knitting, knitting. So I've
1: I've tried knitting. It didn't work out great, but you know, it happens.
0: You know, you and I tried it at the same time.
1: We did, uh, and you had more patience for it than I did.
0: I am sitting right next to a blanket that I myself have uh, knitted. Holy fuck! Yes, and it's very cozy. Okay, and I. It's my work blanket. I. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> great great um but before we hear about the ups and downs of knitting because this is a knitting literary podcast Do you mean
0: the ins and outs of the
1: knitting? ins and outs the wefts and weaves <laughs> um the knits and pearls claire what's got you hot and bothered
0: neil i am so glad you asked Mm -hmm. because my favorite reality show is back on the television.
1: Oh, no. Oh, no. What is it? Is it Kitchen Nightmares?
0: No, it is not. Although I do love that one. It is The Circle. (laughs) This is on Netflix. They are a (laughs) bunch of people who are put into a semi-posh, like, efficiency apartments. Uh And they are completely uh, cut off from the rest of the world, which... When the first season came out, it was like, oh my God, I can't believe they lived like that. But now that it's the second season and we're all the way through a year through quarantine, I'm like, yeah, I'd live there. That sounds like fun. I'd it's nicer to than
1: my apartment that I can't leave.
0: 100%. And they provide you your food. Everybody's <sighs> on board with this. Yeah. So... It is a reality show where they pretty much just play social media, and they try to become the most popular people on social media, either using themselves or some sort of fake identity, and then whoever wins, wins $100,000 okay it is dumb as shit and i love it so much (laughs) if only because this show is better at cliffhangers than almost any other show ever and like you're like i don't care about these people i don't care i don't care oh my god oh my god who's gonna win who's gonna get who's gonna get kicked out and then it cuts and you're like well fuck (laughs) (laughs) fair but my very favorite thing ever happened so this guy was trying to convince a bunch of other people that he was psychic and he Mm -hmm. and they were like well I guess let's uh pick numbers between one and ten and we'll see if you can guess them and this was the fucking funniest thing so now remember these people are all trying to get each other to like each other so Mm -hmm. they would say okay I've picked a number and then he would guess a number and then because they want to get in his good graces would say yeah that's my number (laughs) And then him on the other side, the first like after the first two, he was just like I'm fucking psychic. <laughs> like he literally thought he was psychic and God. it was one of my very favorite moments on television. I laughed so hard at this dumbass that I was crying. And you know what? It was great. God good. It was that. very cathartic. Um, that makes me sad. For good reasons. And yeah. Anyway, that is me. Great. That is myself. I'm all hot for it. Neil, what has got okay. you hot and bothered?
1: So I'm glad you asked, Claire. Uh, even though we're each contractually obligated to ask each other this question. I'm glad you asked. And in fact, I'd like to, to step outside the norm a little bit. I'd like to invite Christine to hop on the mic. Oh, Because... because
2: I am here, I am present, I am ready to be hot and or bothered.
1: (laughs) Great, I want to hear your reaction to this thing that I am about to say.
2: Okay, okay. So, whiskey. Yes.
1: We all love whiskey. Mm -hmm. The three of us, this podcast, Mm -hmm. some of you as well.
0: This podcast works on whiskey. This
1: podcast runs on whiskey. (laughs) Uh, Duncan ain't got shit on whiskey. Um... (laughs) So, I, I had recommended to me from two different places a new type of whiskey. And I happened to see it at the grocery store last night. So, I purchased it and tried it. And I'm going to say the name of it. And people who are familiar will be like, ah! Hopefully, Christine has not heard of this yet. Because I want her reaction. So, it's called Screwball Whiskey. Okay. 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 And it is peanut butter flavored whiskey.
2: Oh no!
0: <laughs> I I also tried this whiskey. Neil and I were shopping together, and we both picked up <laughs>
1: hashtag a <bottle>. relationship goals. <laughs>
0: we, we both picked up a bottle of this stuff, and um. Okay, so when we say peanut butter, I don't really mean like the all-natural, whole foods peanut butter with a little bit of the oil on the top, where it just tastes creamy and peanut buttery. It tasted like Skippy. like
1: it tastes like Skippy. Full of sugar
0: oh. and peanuts. It was so syrupy sweet. It was like drinking port that tasted <laughs> like peanut butter. But I was, my head was like, but it's whiskey.
1: (laughs) (laughs) My head was also like, you're drinking something and it tastes like peanut butter. What the fuck is going on? For like, this is why I hate popcorn jelly bellies, because they taste exactly like popcorn, but the texture is so different that my brain quits. My brain just quits.
2: That's legit my favorite flavor of jelly belly like I so
1: maybe you'll love this peanut butter whiskey I don't know it I tastes guess, like Skippy
2: but that's the exact thing like but you don't drink peanut butter like you eat popcorn so like okay you're chewing both popcorn and popcorn jelly belly but like, I don't know if I could get over the thought of drinking anything that's yeah, like peanut butter so I was it salty
0: in any way
1: no no it's very that's sweet sweet
0: That that might actually be helpful. Maybe a little bit of salt on the rim. Maybe I don't know, but but like, (laughs) it's all too much.
1: (laughs) Yeah, to me, to me, it's like it's a dessert whiskey. And so today I'm drinking some. I thought I'll add a little soda and see if that helps. And it does cut out the syrupiness. So if you make a whiskey soda with Screwball, it is less syrupy. But it still just fucking tastes like peanut butter. And I don't understand what's happening. But now that I have it, I'm going to put it in a chocolate milkshake. And I'm very excited about that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had also thought about that, of picking up some, uh, some sort of, like, chocolate liqueur and maybe mm-hmm. some mm-hmm. Irish cream. Mm-hmm. And then um, I was also thinking of, like, making a frappe type of thing going on, uh, a frozen drink with it. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, mm-hmm. that may help. But honestly... I think I don't like it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I definitely can't have very much of it at once. And, like, I have a sweet tooth, but this is, just, like, it's so syrupy. Is it anyway.
0: Australian?
1: I don't know. Probably. I don't know. They eat weird shit down there.
0: It's it's, just, it's got a sheep on the cover. On the, it's a sheep. There's it's a sheep. There's not even like a, a peanut. There's a sheep on it. <laughs> Cause
1: it's for the, the black sheep of the world. I don't know. Well,
0: mm. It is a comedy. Uh,
1: so so that's a thing and I'm really glad that I got to hear Christine's reactions to it.
2: Did you try the second recommendation of whiskey to you?
1: no no I just this was recommended to this same whiskey was recommended to oh. me twice from two very different places
2: wow okay yeah 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 you gotta mix it like it, it can't be yeah it, or if you want to like something
1: if you're making like a chocolate peanut butter cake and you want it to be boozy you can soak this in there and it'll probably be fucking delicious mm. it's it's a, it's a cooking whiskey it's- <laughs> I don't, I don't, so my roommate and I like I poured like half of a shot glass and I took a sip she took a sip we were like oh this is pretty good and then I took another sip and I was like yeah I think I'm done and poured some rosé and then she like shot the rest of it and she was unhappy with that decision <laughs> anyway so that's that let's talk about some books <laughs>
0: let's talk about some books
1: Knit, Pearl, A Baby and a Girl, an LGBTQ Romance by Hetty Bell. Some people can't wait to have babies. They're ready for it, with their perfect lives and their pregnancy glow. Poppy Adams doesn't have a perfect life, and she wasn't ready for the positive test. An unexpected baby, Poppy's unexpected baby, won't exactly have her family doing cartwheels. But she's making the right choice, right? Poppy's totally got this. She just needs a little encouragement. And a knitting group is the perfect place to start. Baby blankets, booties, tiny little hats, small steps towards her new life. But she feels like she's already dropped a stitch when she discovers the knitting group is led by the charismatic Rhiannon. It's not exactly a great time to meet the woman who might just be the love of her life. While the group easily shuffles around to make room for Poppy, it's not so easy fitting her life and Rhiannon's together. With the weeks counting down until her baby arrives, Poppy's going to have to decide for herself what truly makes a family. And then there's more, but it just, like, lists all the other books under this, uh, publishing title. Claire! Uh Uh-huh? That's... I, I just want to say real fast, the part where it's like, she's already dropped a stitch when this happens. I thought that was cute. I thought was that cute. was cute. Um, but Claire, that's what the book says this book is about. What yes. is this book actually about?
0: Um. Okay, so uh, this, this back of the book cover, I think if you read this and you're like, oh, I am going to fall into like, a little lovely story where a woman a woman is going to be a single person and then is like or a single mother and then she's she meets a woman and she's torn between what that means uh that's not what happens in this that's book. not
1: what happens in <laughs> this book at all
0: no um she is torn about every other choice in her life there is every other choice she could possibly make as a human being she's completely torn and unsure about it and needs everybody to tell her what to do except when it comes to this woman Rhiannon and she's like laser eyes that's it it's it you're you're mine you should be my wife already and it was upsetting to read
1: (laughs) except that the first time that they meet she's just like oh here's this person who's being nice to me and then w- when she meets her again, she's like, how did I never notice how attractive she is? I'm like, i like, I honestly could not tell you, Poppy. How did you not notice that she has a pretty face?
0: I mean, I know Also, how.
1: Rhiannon sounds super cute.
0: Okay, I wanted Rhiannon to be the main character of this book. Yes. For many reasons, and I'll go into that in a second. I can understand why Poppy didn't really notice Rhiannon. Clearly, the first time they met because the very first time they met Rhiannon was escorting Poppy through a Planned Parenthood protest to go to Planned Parenthood where Poppy was expecting to get uh, an abortion. Mm -hmm. And then during the discussion with the nurse there realized she wanted to keep the baby. And that was different than the expectations that she assumed her family and things wanted for her. And that was kind of an interesting twist on the situation that societal expectation is maybe that a woman shouldn't have a baby if she's alone and whatever. It's fine. I was, uh, I really did like all the discussions of choice. I really did enjoy that. Uh, but honestly, I also thought she really wasn't in a good place to have a baby and no. maybe shouldn't right now. But again, it's your body, your choice. hmm but uh she had and then it was only later when i realized what kind of support system she actually had and i realized oh that's why she felt free to make this particular decision this is in our current society where we don't have things like uh financial help necessarily for if you are a working single mother and you need to you need somebody to take care of your baby for you there aren't as many social services as you think there would be for a situation like this um so poppy goes and she's like i think i should get an abortion but i'm not going to i want to keep the baby and much later in the book you find out oh she is financially supported by her parents (laughs) (laughs) she's actually fine um and she has a healthy system uh to fall back on if something were to go awry her job is actually a very good job which actually sounds like it does pay her not a little like she's a frugal person just mm-hmm. by nature, but she actually p- gets paid really pretty well. She can have an apartment in fucking Manhattan by herself on her, like, secretary for a medical place job, mm-hmm. and uh... Just
1: a point of order, it's Yonkers. Oh, it's Yonkers, <laughs> She's Sorry. in Yonkers. But yeah, she's have she has a studio apartment.
0: It's a studio apartment, like, Rhiannon <clears> right <throat> away is like, oh, where are your roommates? She's like, oh no, this is mine, and Rhiannon's like, this place is amazing.
1: Yeah, uh,
0: and it did sound like a nice studio apartment.
1: Yeah, it it did sound nice, but the thing is, like to your point of her like probably not being ready, is that she she had a lot of growth to do as a person, and she had this thought. She's like, oh, well, maybe maybe having this baby will be the kick in the pants I need to like become an adult. And then later she's reading through a pamphlet. And it's like, babies are not going to fix problems. Your problems are still going to exist. And then on top of that, you'll have a baby. Just like, Oh shit. I'm like, yeah. Cause she's like, what? 22.
0: Yeah. Something like that. And it's just
1: like, she's still figuring her shit out. And like, I felt she, she had a lot of growth that she should have done for herself should have done to prepare herself to be better equipped to raise a child
0: by herself. Uh, so can we talk about
1: how she's not a nice person?
0: Yes. What I'm going to start off with, though, is and uh, why I would, would have preferred Rhiannon to be our main character for so many reasons. Um, Rhiannon... Uh, is the person who helps her through the protest and kind of is, is a guide for her as she's going to Planned Parenthood. And then of course she finds out that she's also the one who organized this uh, stitch and bitch thing at a local coffee shop where Rian and herself works. And so...
1: Because, sorry to interject, Rhiannon has to work at the coffee shop to pay the bills. She would spend her entire days escorting people in and out of Planned Parenthood if she could, but it does not pay. So she has to work at a coffee shop so that she can afford to escort people in and out of Planned Parenthood because she is a boss.
0: Yes! Because she's a boss! And she's amazing! And... She tells Poppy right away, like, I am into you. I am super into you. I would like to have sex. And I would very much like this to be a friends with benefits situation. Because I like you so much, but you are pregnant. And I need to draw a line. (laughs) I. And Poppy's like i am disappointed by this and i'm like fuck you poppy no you don't you get to i'm sorry you have a woman who is a badass super supportive very fun obviously hot and wants to just fuck your brains out for funsies even though you're pregnant you take that gift and you say thank you you don't then turn around and shit on it and on your first evening out go but don't you love me fuck you Poppy it do- you don't get that so they have sex and Poppy is in love with Rhiannon just in yeah. love with her yeah, Rhiannon-
1: yeah 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 and like we're gonna be together we're gonna raise our baby together and yes like, girl no
0: even though Rhiannon set up these things and uh-huh. Rhiannon very carefully throughout the entire book wants to ensure that Poppy understands that Rhiannon is the type of person who will take care of people, who will fall in love too fast, who does love babies and does love children. And she admits, if I hold this baby in my hands, I'm going to love it. And if you and I break up, I will have lost a family. And she says that, and it's like, that is important, Poppy. Like, it's very important. You might actually fall in love with each other. You might be together forever, but why can you not respect this woman's boundaries? And she never does. She or she gets no. hurt feelings all the time mm-hmm. whenever Rhiannon, like, puts up a tiniest bit of a wall.
1: Just <laughs> the tiniest bit of a wall. Just like, I needed space, so I said I was busy when you wanted when you had this ultrasound appointment that like really you could go to by yourself I understand why you would want someone there but it's not it's not like it's not like she's having a procedure done and needs somebody to drive her home it Rand is just like I need space so I'm telling you that I'm busy oh the the father can come to you to the appointment so you have company great 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 I, I got shit to do sorry and then it turns out that she just like needed a bit of distance And Poppy's just like, well, well, I'm just never going to text her ever again. It's like, okay, okay, girl, sure.
0: And Rhiannon's feelings are totally hurt by that, but she implies from that that Poppy is putting up her own boundaries. Like that Poppy went to the ultrasound with the ex, Poppy may have had like some sort of like spiritual experience with the baby and her ex and just needed some time to go through that. Rhiannon just assumed that. She didn't actually assume that the ex and her were getting back together. She didn't assume they were having a relationship. She was just like I just assumed you needed space. And so was utterly flabbergasted mm-hmm. when in the middle of a baby shower that Rhiannon put together <gasps> Poppy freaks the, blanket? the fuck out.
1: We have yes. to talk about the blanket. Blanket.
0: Oh!
1: Okay, so the Stitch and Bitch group is cute. It's two older ladies, a guy, and then a, a younger woman their age, and they're fun. They're cute. Those I liked those scenes. Um, and also, Poppy shows up, and she's like, I don't know how to knit, and they're like, great, we're gonna teach you, don't you worry, we're gonna teach you absolutely everything you need to know. Like, they accept her immediately as part of their group. So then cut two, they're throwing her a baby shower. And and of course they've all knit her things, because that's what they do for her baby. And then she's pissed off at Rihanna because they haven't texted in three days. Which also, like, that's such a twenty two year old fucking thing to do. Be like, oh, they haven't texted me in three days. So, like, we're probably broken up now. Just like, fuck off. People are busy. Anyway. So they she gets to the to the to the baby shower they're giving her things and then she opens Rhiannon's gift last and everybody looks at it and Rhiannon's like oh I didn't know that you you know that you knitted at that weight or that type of they're able to tell that it's like different from what Rhiannon normally knits so then Poppy takes this gift and was like well I guess you've just been so oh and and um Rhiannon even says like oh well sorry I meant to knit something I ran out of time so i didn't knit this and poppy's like oh well i guess you've just been so busy with whatever you've been doing that you haven't texted me in three days that you go to some thrift store and get this third hand blanket and blah 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 like in a cafe in front of people and then rhiannon's like no my grandma knit this for me when i was a baby and now i'm giving it to your baby uh hey everyone else poppy and i are going to go finish this conversation we'll probably be back later. And everyone's like, okay, yeah. And then reading that, I'm just like, yes, Rhiannon, who, it doesn't say her age, I'm assuming they're around the same age, is definitely a more mature person than Poppy is. Yes. I'm just like, why would you do that? And that's the thing. That's the thing about Poppy. Poppy is a bitch, and let me yeah. tell you why. When she gets into a fight with someone, the very first thing that she does is says the thing that she thinks will hurt that person the most. Yep. Like there's a point where she's mad at her mom, and then brings up her sister's miscarriages because she knows that will hurt her mother the most, and she does this. All the time, all the time.
0: Yeah, and then on top of that, I don't want to excuse her mother and her Mm -hmm. sister who are bitches. They're also bitches, people. Yeah, but and I wouldn't want to say that like Poppy obviously came out of a home that was verbally abusive and Mm -hmm. awful for so many Mm -hmm. reasons. And I will grant her that, but. Girl, we, we've been to places. All of us have had experiences. And not all of us are like, you know what? I'm going to do whatever hurts you the fucking most when right? we're having a fight.
1: Right? On top of that, how many times in this book does somebody say to Poppy, this is what I want. Or this is what I'm going to do. And she's like, okay. And then she gets mad at them for it. All the like time. When they, when they go to the sister's gender reveal party and... Uh, she brings Rhiannon and Rhiannon's like I'm gonna fuck with your family friends and Poppy's like oh my god it's gonna be so great and then when Rhiannon starts fucking with her hoity-toity family friends Poppy's just like, what are you doing? This is my sister's big day. Because all of a sudden she cares about the sister. I don't know. But she's like, this is my sister's big day. I can't believe you. It's like, she told she told you. She told you this is what was going to happen. She told you. And you said okay. So now you can't get mad at her for doing it. Just like when Rihanna was like, I'm setting up these boundaries. And Poppy's like, okay. You can't get mad at her for keeping those boundaries. You agree to it. You don't have to like it, but you also agreed to it. You said okay. You acknowledged Rhiannon's boundaries, so you can't get mad at her for keeping those boundaries.
0: They are reasonable boundaries. And not only that, (sighs) Rhiannon at that party was actually being as kind and as cooperative as she could be. She hated being at a gender reveal party for all the reasons a person should Mm -hmm. hate being at a gender reveal
1: party. Sorry, real fast. Poppy's like, I think gender reveal parties are so stupid, but because Space sister's doing one, it's kind of cute, but they're stupid, except this one's kind of cute. Like, fuck off
0: yeah and and so she wanted Rhiannon to go there Rhiannon pretty much said ah that's not something I would enjoy participating in and then Poppy pulls her like sympathy card which is I'm oh my god a single person and my parents and family are awful how am I to survive by myself and Rhiannon who that is her button that is Rhiannon's button Uh every single time like, Rianne's like, I guess I have to do this and because I love you, so I'll do it. Rianne mm-hmm. butches up, and she looks probably fabulous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. When Poppy was like, I cannot believe she wants to wear that bow tie with that shirt. And I was like, that sounds fucking adorable. What is wrong with you? I, I,
1: I want to be friends with Rianne real bad.
0: I know! With the, I
1: was picturing it didn't say, but I was picturing the suspenders. She wears too. Mis-
0: mismatched shot, socks that she needs. That she herself. makes
1: herself. Oh, God. I love her. I love
0: her. She's <sighs> great.
1: Yeah, she's so great. Then
0: they go to the party. Um, Rhiannon's trying her hardest, but <clears> it's just not working out, and everybody's being horrific yeah and then she's like so
1: at to one point for Poppy and just be like this isn't okay yeah. Poppy's like you just don't understand because it's my family <laughs>
0: right and so okay. then Rhiannon's like okay I need to go get some air because I'm not comfortable or happy here and I've already expressed to you that I'd actually like to leave but I guess this is where we are so I'm just gonna go outside she goes outside and at which point Poppy um, has faints because she has preeclampsia and has to go into the hospital. mm mm-hmm. um, And apparently Rhiannon just left the party, which actually... That's what Poppy thinks happened, but that's not what happened. Um, Nobody would let Rhiannon back into the party to see if Poppy was okay. The ambulance showed up. Nobody would let Rhiannon know anything. Rhiannon had to catch up with the mother. The mother was like, you should just fucking dump my daughter because my daughter doesn't finish anything because the mother's a bitch. Mm -hmm. And then... But but this was also all true. And then... um, Yes. And then Rhiannon tries to go to the hospital to visit her, but they she can't go any further because she's not family. So and then uh Poppy doesn't also have her cell phone, so she can't reach her. And then Poppy's like, why didn't you even bother to pay attention to me when I was sick? And she's like, I really wanted to (laughs) (laughs) But you know and then you didn't reach out to me when you were back. So what was I supposed to do?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Another thing too, when they were when they're at the party and people were being terrible and saying those, like, really backhanded compliment rich white people, East Coast things that people say. Because uh, Poppy grew up on Long Island, so it's, like, hoity-toity Long Island, like, oh, well, blah, Like, the, the list of things that people were saying was, like, I believe I believe every single one of those things was said at that party. Um, and there's a point where Poppy's just, like, Rhiannon, you can't just be mean to people because you're, like, standing up for me because you're offended on my behalf. And Rhiannon's, like... I'm also offended on my behalf. These people are awful and they're saying terrible things that also offend me. And Poppy's like, oh my God, I didn't even realize that she could be offended because I've just been thinking about myself. It's like, you, you shouldn't be having a baby right now. Sorry. But yeah, I, I yeah.
0: then the, the Stitch and Bitch Club comes over to Poppy's apartment at one point because Poppy is, um, has to do bed rest, um, uh-huh. until she gives birth, which is awful. You yeah. need so much support when that happens. And the Stitch and Bitch Club, although fairly, they should have asked if they could come over first and they didn't do that to be fair, but they come over and poppy just starts screaming at them Mm -hmm. like they're in the middle of like washing her dishes and picking up for her and making her food and they brought her slippers that they of course sewed with the you know knitted with their own hands and she Mm -hmm. just fucking yells at them
1: Mm -hmm. yeah so they their intention for showing up was to drop off even more gifts this is like three rounds of handmade gifts that they've given her and then they saw her apartment which had been abandoned for a while because she was like uh, she was in the hospital and then she like stayed with her family for a bit so her apartment had been uninhabited for like I'm assuming a few weeks so they were oh we're here to drop off these slippers They, they knew what had happened they saw the state of the apartment and they were just like okay let's help let's make it happen because she needs help but then, yeah, Poppy just fucking screams at them.
0: Um, I just, it,
1: this was not pleasant to read.
0: No, and then in the end, uh, Poppy and Rhiannon get together. The one thing I really, really liked about this book was at the end, when Poppy and Rhiannon are together, and mm-hmm. they are dating very seriously... But Rhiannon does not live with Poppy.
1: <laughs> uh, uh-huh, uh-huh, uh-huh.
0: Like, and in fact, sometimes Poppy goes several days without seeing Rhiannon because Rhiannon has two jobs and she's got her own life going on. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, hooray, <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah, I am so glad. <laughs> Good job, Rhiannon. <laughs> A boundary stayed. A boundary stayed. <laughs>
1: I think this is the first time a boundary has stayed in one of these books we've read. Uh, Another thing that I really liked about this book was the first couple chapters were basically like, hey, everyone, look how cool plant Parenthood is. It's like, yes, yes, it is.
2: Yeah. Mm
0: -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, I felt like this author had so many good (laughs) intentions and so many good things to say. And I thought Mm -hmm. there were ways I could have enjoyed this book a lot more. Um, I'm perfectly fine with a woman deciding to make the choice to keep her baby. And I'm perfectly fine with that woman being so complex that she's actually not in a good moment to have a baby and that maybe she makes that choice without fully comprehending what it means because she's not actually and who's ready but she's definitely Mm -hmm. not ready i i'm i am open to all of those things and i'm open to the romance that happens in the midst of it as well but that she was just so constantly cruel and so constantly selfish and so constantly um she was very needy and she so demanded and she she did refuse to continue doing things. Like, her mother and sister were right that she just sort of dropped things when they got difficult. And I would have liked to have spent more time on the knitting, if only because, like, I would have liked her to have learned things by herself. I would have mm-hmm. really liked her to, like, have found a thing that she loved in addition to ran and in addition to the idea of the baby and it be that's knitting and... That she learned how to care for herself to a degree. That through this, she became a better person. And then when her and Rhiannon have the, the inevitable breakup that almost all romance novels have, that when Rhiannon came back, Poppy will have realized that she was leaning too much on Rhiannon and that she was asking too much of her, that she's learned the lesson. But also, like, I mean, it would have been great, honestly, if the baby was born and poppy had to raise that baby for a year by herself and then Rhiannon came back into her life and poppy was ready poppy was ready as an adult poppy was ready as a human being poppy was ready to listen to other people's needs and poppy was also ready to put up her own boundaries and respect other people's like i would have loved that book this one, I was like, no, nope. <laughs> All the time right. with Poppy. All the time.
1: Yep. Yeah. Another thing, too, and then I, I think we can move on, is that whenever there was some, a, a point of conflict, it would enter Poppy's mind especially when it came to Rhiannon, she, it, it would empty Poppy's mind. This would be our first time hearing about it. She'd talk about it with Rhiannon. They'd resolve it within two pages. So yeah. for a lot of this book, there was the ticking clock, but no conflict. <laughs> and I'm just like, the, yeah. what are we doing? What, why, why? What are we doing?
0: Yeah. No. So I'm not particularly happy with this book. Yeah. Um, the end. <laughs> <laughs>
2: That was that I mean,
0: book. Was bitch. Neanderthal Seeks Human. A smart romance. Knitting in the city, volume one by Penny Reed. Janie has no idea Quinn is her boss. There are three things you need to know about Janie Morris. One, she's incapable of engaging in a conversation without volunteering EMTI too much trivial information, especially when she is unnerved. And two, no one unnerves her more than Quinn Sullivan. And three, she doesn't know how to knit after losing her boyfriend apartment and job in the same day Janie morris can't help but wondering what new torment fate has in store to her utter mortification quinn sullivan aka cermic hot pants witnesses it and then keeps turning up like a pair of shoes you lust after but can't afford the last thing she expects is for Quinn to focus the, the, the focus of her slightly, albeit harmless, stalkerish tendencies to make her an offer she can't refuse. Uh, that's what that book says. That book is about.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Neil, okay. I have I have to admit something, Neil. Yes. Um, my job has been exceedingly stressful the last three weeks or so. Mm-hmm. I. Tried to read this book, mm-hmm. and uh, I was unable to get past the middle. So,
1: so what I'm hearing is that you picked your livelihood over this dumb podcast that we do for fun, Claire.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, I feel really awful. That but was a yes. very
1: adult choice that you made. Yes.
0: Maybe <laughs> I. But I. So I didn't finish this book. Okay. But so I, you're going to have to tell me what happens, and I, okay, predictions, <laughs> predictions from Clay Sh- Rice.
1: Should we, should we get to the part where you yes. finished, and then hear your predictions?
0: Yes, let's get to the part where I finished. Okay, okay. Um, uh, the part where I finished, just so that everybody else knows, is about midway through the book, and it is we're going to call it the picnic date.
1: Oh yeah. Okay. Okay, great. Um, So, speaking to the the back of the book, when it says, oh, she's had the worst day of her life and she's wondering what fresh new torment fate has in store with her, for her. Spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. That fresh new torment is Quinn Sullivan. (laughs) He's a monster. He is a monster garbage person. Let's get into it. (laughs) So, Jamie... Uh did a dumb and uh, works lives with her boyfriend and works at the company that his father owns so when she catches her boyfriend cheating on her and breaks up with him she is out of a relationship out of an apartment and then we find out later in the book that she was fired because she broke up with the boyfriend was it the boyfriend who told his dad to do it or did the dad do it we don't know. That plot never gets resolved. Ever. Uh, would know what? No, what? Yeah. That's, but... We we find out that the, the dad fired her. The owner yes. of the company fired her because she broke up with his son, but we don't know if he did that or if the ex told him to do that.
0: I totally we don't thought... Know. I totally thought that would be resolved because the ex seemed exceedingly controlling. So I thought it would be resolved in that we would find out that, oh, the ex wanted to control her and thought it would just be easier to do it if she didn't have a job. Uh,
1: That makes sense, Claire. And that's what I was assuming to be true, too, because it was in line with his character. We don't find out for real.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that's dumb. Yeah.
1: Okay. So she is out a job, out an apartment, out a boyfriend. Which is, which is shitty. Like, that's really awful. And I think that if I were to have a day like that, I probably would just become a puddle of sorrow and just stop functioning as a person. That is, that is too much. That's too well, much to deal with.
0: And the book does open with her crying in the bathroom.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I will give her that that's about the end of when I feel bad for her <laughs> so she gets escorted out of the building as as one does when one is let go um, by this super hot security guard who's he's only like been there for, for like a couple weeks. And like, yeah, she'll just like hang out near him in the lobby when she's waiting her friend to come pick her up before they go out for the night cuz he's just so cute. And of course, oh my god, it's so embarrassing that he's the one that has to walk her out. He keeps putting his hand on her lower back, which I'm like, nope. Nope.
0: No. Nope, no likey. No likey.
1: No likey. And um, he keeps
0: giving her the up and down.
1: This whole book men constantly check her out and she doesn't have any feelings about it and it's not even just like a quick once over it's literally like their eyes just like slowly, slowly go down slowly, slowly go up and she's like, okay,
0: that's happening
1: okay um,
0: So well, then be- and she-, she also goes through life thinking she is dumb looking she's like, "I." looking at this title, Neanderthal Seeks Human <clears throat> I literally thought mm-hmm. that uh, Quinn was going to be the, Ander- the Neanderthal, the man. I always, uh-huh. that's the way it always sets up. No, 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 friends, she's the Neanderthal. She's
1: she the Neanderthal. She's the one. She thinks like she has a big Neanderthal head or something. And literally, there's a point in the book. Um, I wrote it down. It's ba- like her, like Elizabeth, her friend. Is like, oh, hey, yeah, men are into big boobs, big butts, tiny waists, and long legs. And Janie's like, oh, really? Like, she needs to be told that men are ab- attracted to those things in a woman. I'm just like, fuck off and of course she just has like so much curly red hair it's so much hair it's so crazy there's so much of it and oh my god her boobs are so big and her butt is so big but look how skinny her waist is and look how long her legs are fuck off anyway and she um, just wears
0: stilettos everywhere all the time
1: yeah also so she has a shoe fetish and sometimes she described some of her shoes and they sounded fucking ugly sometimes <laughs> she's like i wore an orange faux crocodile skin stiletto with teal bows on it i'm like that sounds Ew. gross
0: why i don't know i was Claire. all for it right until the teal bowl bows i was yeah. like okay yeah i could get oh jesus what
1: those things independently of each other i can get behind but together i don't fucking know this is in chicago right
0: yeah, this one's in Chicago, although yeah. I did think it was in New York. There was something in the, f- in the first couple sentences that made me think it was New York, and then when it switched to Chicago, I was like, I, I want to go back and see if, like, maybe they fucked that up.
1: Yeah. It, so, I don't know how they wear shoes in the Midwest, Claire. I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, <laughs> so, I'll, so then the company calls her a limo to, like, take her home. Uh, Because that's a thing that happens.
0: She reacted like it was the most normal thing. She's She's like, like, I've never been laid off before. Is this what they do? And I was like, no. No. What is that? Dumb bitch. Anyway,
1: um, so I'd just like to give a quick shout out to her limo driver, Vincent, who is a very nice man. And um, another thing about Janie, on top of her giant tits, luscious ass, teeny, teeny waist, and Amazon legs, and... Curls, red red curls. She's just so quirky cuz she just like says all these random facts, you know, whatever. It's fine. Also, she doesn't believe in cell phones. She thinks that it's it's just like t- like you become a slave to the man if you use a cell phone. So She just doesn't believe in cell phones. It's cute. It's quirky. Anyway, so she's in the limo and Vincent who's a, a very nice man lets her borrow his phone so that she can call her friend Elizabeth and be like, Can I crash on your couch? And Elizabeth says, Yes, yes, of course, of course. So then so she has a place to stay. Good. She can get over the relationship. She can find a new job. Okay. We're we're in a good place, more or less. We're 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 on the upswing.
0: And that then, is also the only time we meet I've met so far the knitting circle, which is these other women who knit but she doesn't knit
1: so then we have the knitting circle that Janie is part of despite the fact that she doesn't knit she just hangs out with them
0: I don't know that's the only time like I've I see them in the book that's the only time they're
1: they come back a couple times later oh my god I just remembered okay so listeners I know that I am now responsible for regaling you with the second half of this book, literally this morning before we were recording. I was like, I got halfway through the book and then I was taking down my notes and then I was like, honestly, I just don't fucking care anymore. <laughs> so I might forget things, but remind me, Claire, there's a really great scene with the knitting group. Okay. It's an action sequence. What? <laughs>
0: yes. Wait, what? Just you wait. Okay.
1: (laughs) Okay, so she has a knitting group. What? the
0: fact that this would have an action sequence at all? Like, this book was boring.
1: (laughs) Well, it kicks off at the end. Okay. (laughs) I'm not going to say it gets interesting, but it kicks off at the end. (laughs) Okay, so then blah, blah, blah. She's, you know, like, she's licking her wounds. She's trying to figure her life out. Fair, fair, fair. This is all fair. And then, um... She just like I th- if I remember correctly, she just like gets a gets an email that's like, "Oh, come into the office, you'll we'll, you'll meet with so and so, blah blah blah." And she's like, "Oh, I guess I got an interview."
0: No, 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 because they go to the bar. So <gasps> her friend takes her to the, oh. her friend takes her to the bar where oh my God. Her, all of oh her crude sensibilities come out. Okay, I like,
1: have to say. I feel like this might be the... This this is the first time I think like, maybe we should have a trigger warning on what we're just about to talk about.
0: Oh, yeah. No. Uh, 100%. <laughs> if you are uncomfortable or if you have... And this is honest. I'm being 100% honest. If you have any feelings about being drugged at a bar that you are at um, by a stranger, if somebody drugs your drink, puts for hypnol on your drink, and you have any like sensitivities around that um i guess uh skip skip... a couple minutes yeah skip a couple of minutes forward because we're going to talk about that
1: yeah so she goes to this bar let's do this part really fast to get it out of the way she goes to a bar she uh quinn is there she's with elizabeth quinn is there and he's basically like you two gotta leave because of some guys that are up in the cabana lounge or whatever." And then she's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna go do my own thing. So she goes back to the bar, and she gets drugged, and she doesn't care. Never once is she upset about this until the knitting circle brings it up. And then yeah. she's like, oh, I guess that is something I should worry about, huh? Like...
0: Yeah, no, she's drugged. <sighs> uh, Wayne was still at the bar. I, I assume it's because the security company uh
1: yeah the the club is one of their clients yeah
0: right and so that's what he was there for and um he's also in with obviously obviously in with also the underworld (laughs) Yeah. and so he recognized these people as being bad and that they had an interest in um in in janie and her friend told them that they should leave uh Quinn uses one-syllable words and never more than four words in a sentence, so he's not going to divulge any additional information after he tells them that. And Um, physical
1: touch to get her out.
0: Right, but she's also not actually having a good time. She thinks this place is gross and horrible, but she hates being told what to do this one time. This is never happening again, by the way. she loves Never.
1: The opposite is true for the rest of the book.
0: So then she comes back just to spite him and then ends up at the Cabana where she is drugged and we find this out later and then Quinn rescues her quote unquote by bodily carrying her out of the bar and taking her to his home FYI if you think someone has uh, been drugged with her hypnol at a bar please take them to a hospital Um mm-hmm. <laughs> that you don't just take them home to sober up although it is possible that they can do so there uh you don't know what other drugs that they are taking that rehypnol may enact may react badly with you don't know how the rehypnol has actually acted on this person if you f- think that, that something is like this has happened Please take them to the hospital. Anyway, he takes her home um, where she sleeps in And I think we're done with bed.
1: that. That Like, we're done with our trigger warning section, right?
0: And we're done with the trigger warning section. Okay, so... Except to say that she never fucking cares about what happened. She never cares. Also, it's never... So he
1: takes her to his sister's apartment, and it's never explained why.
0: Never. Never. Never brought
1: up. Why his sister's apartment?
0: Does he, does he live
1: there, too? I don't know, because he has another apartment later. Do we meet the sister? No, never once. What? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So then, over the course of that evening, I think she had mentioned, oh, they talked about her getting fired, and she's like, oh, that sucks, I need a job, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, oh, I think I could talk to someone at the company I work for, I think they're hiring. It's like, okay, I guess, yeah. Um... So then she gets an email that's basically like, okay, come into the office on Monday. We'll have you send some paperwork, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, oh. And she's like, okay, I guess I have an interview. That's super cool. And she shows up and she's like, hi, I'm... Um, I said, Poppy, I'm Janie. I'm here for for this. And they're like, oh, "Okay, well, we'll have you fill out your HR paperwork and blah, blah, blah. And she's like, what? No, I'm just here for an interview. And they're like, no. So she just had a job. She just mysteriously was given a job and um but then she's like no I want to have a conversation about this so that the guy that like who would be her boss was like okay we'll have an interview but of course he knows that it's like a perfunctory interview and here's okay here's a moment where I would like to point out that Janie went to school for architecture her passion is architecture. And part of what appealed to her about her, her last job was that it was an architecture firm, but she had a finance position. And so she was like, okay, maybe this will like be a path forward where I can do this, etc. But so she gets a finance job at the security firm.
0: Yep. And the that's the end of architecture.
1: No, it comes up in Vegas. Just what? You, my friend. Wait,
0: there, wait, wait, wait. Okay, great. <laughs> Jesus. Okay. So, I feel like the whole of this actual book happened after I finished reading it. Yes. So <laughs> she's she's given a
1: a perfunctory interview where she doesn't she still thinks it's her interviewing for this job when really it's like no you have the job this is when you find out about the company this is when you find out if this is going to be a good fit for you because that's also part of an interview is to see if you want to work there also that thought does not cross her mind
0: no because she's 22 (laughs) and dumb as bricks
1: dumb as bricks enter steven I'd just like to take a quick moment to talk about Stephen. So Stephen is her counterpart. She handles corporate clients. He handles private clients.
0: Which I was assuming was the mob the whole time.
1: Yes. (laughs) (laughs) but they basically have the same job. And like, he does this thing where he's like, here's a spreadsheet, look at it, see how easy it is? And she's like, oh, you made some mistakes there. And he's like, you passed the test, yay! I do my gay voice because Steven is obviously gay. Steven is coded as gay, but this book goes out of its way to never actually tell us that. There are scenes where we find out, oh my God, Janie loves talking to Steven about the crazy dating mishaps he's had over the weekend. no pro no gendered pronouns are used but i feel like we're meant to draw the conclusion that oh S- steven is gay so that when he says things to Janie like oh my god we're gonna get married it'll be great like that we know that it's just like oh it's your your gay friend saying it but it, this book never mentions his sexuality or the gender people that he's do you know into why i
0: assumed that he was gay Why? Because he was the only man that uh, Janie could talk to without Quinn getting his jealousy face on. Yes.
1: Also, he's the only man in this book who didn't just like slop over her with his eyes like he was painting a white picket fence. Yeah. Anyway. So that's Stephen. Anyway, so then like this job and then like there's the boss. So she doesn't know who owns the company. And then, oh, okay, so here's a moment where uh, the, the, Janie is going to go meet with one of her clients because she's new to the position and she's in charge of these accounts. So it would make sense that she would, like, have a face-to-face meeting just like, hi. I'm your, your new point of contact at the company, blah, 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 blah. So it's a concert venue, and Quinn goes with her, and it's basically like, oh, yeah, we will, um, you'll meet with them, and then we'll also do an assessment of their security, so of what they have. And it's like a two-for-one, one-two punch, great. And she's like, oh, great. And then they, they they go and they meet the person, and then they do some stuff, and then they're fed. And then she's like, oh, great, this has been fun, but, like, what time do you think we'll be Done. I have plans with my ex. Because apparently she wants to be friends with the ex. I don't understand why. Uh, because she has no spine. But she's like, oh, he wants to, like, keep seeing each other and hanging out. So I guess I have to. So she has friends, or she has plans with the ex that night. And then also Stephen... I, like, honey, if you feel that you need to bring a buffer person to hang out with your ex, don't hang out with your ex. Yeah, that
0: was weird. I was like, are we, did we talk about that? Like, I had to scroll back and go, no. wait, no, when did that come up? When did we ask Steven if he wanted to come with us and our, uh, our ex-boyfriend? Why would Steven enjoy that?
1: Honestly, girl, I do not know. He Probably wouldn't. because he's heard shit about... Uh, John and it's like, yeah, I want to see this train wreck of a person. Because also something about John is that he's like, uh, Janie I'm still in love with you. Let me take care of you. I just want to take care of you because I love you. And she's like, no, I don't want that. I don't want to be taken care of because I am an independent woman. That turns out to be patently untrue. Um, <laughs> so, so she mentions to Quinn like, oh yeah, I I have plans tonight. I'm seeing with I'm seeing my ex. And he's like, oh, really? Well, that's too bad, because we have to do this other thing. We have to do this other walkthrough. So, like, you're working tonight. And she's like, oh, well, okay, I guess I have to cancel. So then, with him in the room, she, like calls Steven. and is like hey we have to cancel you free tomorrow and is like no I'm doing gay things but he doesn't say that because <laughs> he doesn't say gay um, and then she calls John and she's like hey sorry I can't come tonight I'm working and he's like what the have you working late on a Friday night I'm like yes yeah, sometimes that happens especially when you're client facing just like fuck off. Oh, sorry. Really fast. Another thing. She had to sign an NDA for this job and everyone in the knitting circle thought it was so sus that she had to sign an NDA. Like, it was a big deal. She's like
0: I've signed an NDA for every job I've ever worked at.
1: Every job I have ever, every office job I've worked at that wasn't a non theater. I've had to sign an NDA especially if you're working at a firm where you're handling money. Like she was handling money for this firm. Of course she it's had to also sign an NDA. a security
0: firm. She could say, right. I'm, I'm working for a security firm. And they'd be like, oh, of course you file, you'd file. you hire an NDA. Like, right. yeah, what is sus about that? But nothing, even at, nothing.
1: Even, even at the architecture firm, she, she has sensitive information about the company's, the, the architecture firm's finances. Of course she's going to sign an NDA. She's going to have information about their clients also. Of course she's going to sign an NDA. Yeah. Like, people yeah. were freaking out. And I was like, either chicago is just like the wild west and laws don't matter there or this author has never worked in an office in her life
0: i i I, uh like honestly okay this young woman who's janie was constantly constantly like like if i didn't know that she had had this other relationship with this other man uh, she's the virgin she's the virgin in the story she's treated like the virgin it does say the sex that she had with him was horrific like Mm -hmm. not horrific like he made her like uh boring yeah she she called it she actually called it it's like somebody else picking your nose That's how she (laughs) thought sex with
1: him (laughs) was. Christine's reaction is great, listeners. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. Uh, if I if I didn't know that she'd been in a relationship for five years, I thought she'd fallen off the turnip truck at the beginning of this book. Like, oh, yeah. he has no comprehension of how the world works. Anyway, jumping back to this Friday night where she has to reschedule with John, and John's like, I don't want to, but yeah, okay, I guess, whatever. Then she hangs up, and she turns to, to Quinn, and she's like, oh, do we have to go do th- that thing now? And it's like, oh, no, while you're on the phone, I canceled that. We're off the clock now. So he made her cancel her plans and then was like oh no you didn't have to do that because he, he uses his power and influence to um, trick women and coerce women into being around him and doing what they want because we do find out later he does make the comment that he feels that every relationship even romantic relationships there's a winner and a loser and he
0: never loses it's like, fuck the fuck right off. Yeah. But, but you know... Uh, but you at know this point, she's dumb as bricks because she has not yet bricks. figured out he's the boss of the company. Yeah. They're in a private box. Right. At this venue. Right. And they've been given the red carpet. No idea. But here's,
1: here's the thing. she She makes comments to him that it's obvious that she doesn't know, and he does not correct her. Nope. Also, he, like, was a security guard for a couple weeks at that building that time, because they were a new client, and he just likes to pretend to be a security guard for a couple weeks at new clients. Like, fuck off! Fuck off! Fuck right fuck off. off with this book. Anyway, so, yeah, so he's controlling, and um, basically, over the course of this novel, he... Is in charge of her job. He then is like, "Oh, hey, you should move into this apartment that the company owns, so that you have a, so that you can live in a nicer apartment." And she's like, "What happens if I quit?" And he's like, "Do you plan on quitting?" And she's like, "No." And he's like, "Good, then it won't be a problem." So he doesn't. So basically, he he wants to be her boyfriend, her boss, and her landlord.
0: Isn't that why she broke up with the last guy? Yeah,
1: Janie's dumb as bricks. She doesn't realize... (laughs) But she's entering into the exact same situation. This is again the only difference between the crappy old boyfriend and the great new boyfriend. They're the exact same person, except she wants to fuck the new guy. That's the only difference. They're both garbage people, except the, the only the only difference is that the sex with Quinn is apparently better. And John's like, "I love you," that means I want to take care of you. And Quinn says, "I love you," that means I'm in charge of you. That's the only difference, honestly. Ugh. Okay. So then Oh, so then they have a picnic.
0: Right. And it And it's go ahead. it not enough except for this one guy is creepy in the park.
1: Yeah, that comes back like a hundred and thirty pages later. So just put a pin in that.
0: I mean okay, she goes to this picnic looking sexy as fuck because uh uh, she's leggy has huge boobs and um is tall and has a nice butt and so anything she's gonna put on her body that is meant for that is is she wears a white dress that's just like hello um and he's like i want to rip that off you right away and she's like well i don't know what that means because i'm a virgin (laughs) and then um, the curls go into my brain i don't comprehend language (laughs) <laughs> and then they seem to have a perfectly nice time except for that guy and the whole time she still doesn't know he's her boss and the whole time i'm going yes. not only is he your boss he so obviously works for the mob <laughs> like yeah the whole time i'm thinking this and okay so at this point neil i'm going yes. to say
1: <gasps> tell me your predictions
0: okay this is what i predict Okay. And- Because at this point, this has been a fairly, like, boom, boom, boom book. Uh Um, So my predictions are that... Uh, the ex-boyfriend asserts himself in a way that is awful and horrific and controlling, and our uh, our Quinn has to step in. At which point, uh, it all sort of comes out that he's that he's the owner of the security firm, has done a ton of research into her, so she feels like trapped between these two controlling men. She drops both of them. She tries to live on her own for a little bit, but then feels sort of at a loss. She misses him. He comes back into her life he's learned a little bit of a lesson where he's like oh okay I do realize that you needed your space you needed to be your own own person and I think your quirkiness is attractive and she's like I really thought you didn't really like me really you just wanted to control me and he's like no it's not that and then they um then they have more sex and that's the end of the book
1: all of that is wrong Claire
0: how is any of that wrong all of it is wrong literally the beats that this book wants us to believe is going to happen
1: all all of that is wrong. Um so did you get to the scene where uh Quinn invited himself to the dinner with John? No. Okay. Okay. I think well, Vegas. No, 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 no. Yes, yes okay. because
0: that was that was before the um because okay. that was before the picnic.
1: So here's an example of their interactions. So uh Janie's oh, Janie's like Okay, we like each other. And Quinn's like, let's go on a date tonight. And she's like, I can't tonight. I, I'm seeing John. And it's like, Okay, then I'm coming too. And she's like, uh, uh, okay, that's random, but okay. So then she goes to the bathroom because she's uncomfortable in this situation. Hey, guess why she's uncomfortable in this situation? Because two incredibly controlling men are fighting over her in a way that's garbage. So she goes to the bathroom, and when she comes back, Quinn, no, John's leaving because he's so fucking upset, and he leaves. And she's like, what did you tell him? And Quinn's like... Don't worry about it she's like no i think i'm gonna worry about it and he's like well that's john's secret so i can't tell you and then her response thank you for being honest
0: <laughs> okay Fuck okay off. um <laughs> as as fast as you can tell us what happens okay. at, the end of, at the rest okay. of this book so she um I think it's just before
1: Vegas that she finds out that he's the boss. And do you know how? A conversation with Steven that has nothing to do with anything. And he's like, why do you call him Mr. Sullivan? His name is Quinn. And he's like, yeah, people just call him Mr. Sullivan because he's like the boss of the company. And then Janie's like, They oh got really? And Steven's like, did you not know that? And in my head, I'm like, no, because they just handed her a job without telling her anything about the company. Okay, and then they go to Vegas. Here's when her, her love of architecture comes up. So In Vegas? Yes, let me tell you. <laughs> let, I'm, Claire, whatever you think is the reason, it is not that. Okay. So they go to because they're the person who owns the club where they they met with the monkeys, with the exotic monkeys, which by the way is very illegal that they had exotic monkeys just like hanging out in this club. So the owner of that club is opening up a new club in Vegas and has hired the firm. So they fly out to Vegas to like do security and they do a walk around of the site and then they're at a meeting later and they're looking at the blueprints and uh, Janie's like I shouldn't say anything at this meeting I shouldn't say anything but like I'm quirky and I just say things and it's just like yeah this, this blueprint isn't accurate it shows less floor space than the space that I saw in person like it doesn't have this balcony and like this back room is done on this floor plan and like we did our work based on this floor plan that you sent us already. And then this, the son of the, of the client's like, hey, you don't know what you're talking about. And Quinn's like, actually, she does, because she graduated summa cum laude with an architecture degree from this school, and she knows architecture and how to look at blueprints, bro. So that's where her love of architecture comes in. And then we never hear about it ever again.
0: Oh. What? Uh, yeah. Also... I mean, she had an undergraduate degree in architecture. And Uh while I assume she does know how to look at blueprints, I don't know. I've known lots of undergrads who couldn't do the thing.
1: Right, but the fact that it's like oh, this is what I want to do with my life and it's like everything's come down to this moment where I can talk about this one this one club in LA or Las Vegas that nobody really gives a shit about.
0: Right. And then anyway. it's just a it's so it's, it's just a prop for Quinn to defend right. her.
1: Also, this is where we find out that um Car- is it Carlos like her her immediate manager. Yeah. His secretary obviously wants to fuck Quinn and is threatened by Janie so does things to Oh my her. Like,
0: god. Why did we even have that plot point? It but hey, guess matter. what Claire
1: it sort of kicks off in Vegas and then one thing happens later and that's it. So don't oh. don't even worry about it because it doesn't okay. matter. Yeah. Okay. So then they come back and then she finds out that he got his start from working with the Mafia, essentially, that, like, he got his start basically, like he would scrub computers for people so that when the feds were looking at the computers there wasn't any evidence and then he would like you know archive the data so that they still, so that the criminals would still have the data but if feds were looking at the computers they couldn't tell that it had been scrubbed and he's like great this is really great money cuz uh, he like grew up poor and whatever whatever and it's like this is really great money until until a, a criminal who g- Scott, who was never put in jail because he scrubbed his computer, ended up killing his best friend.
0: Oh my God. What?
1: So he, that was the end of the life for him. So then he opened up his security company and it's great, I guess. And then he is very controlling, blah, 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 blah. Um, I'm trying to think if there's anything, oh, 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 okay. We'll get through the plot and then we need to talk about slamps. Did you get to that part? Yeah. Yes, I think I
0: did. I feel like I remember, because there was a whole long conversation about Wendell's and slamps.
1: Wendell's and slamps. So just put a pin in that. We'll get to that after the the plot.
0: So basically. Oh, God, I'm sorry, everybody. they,
1: they, (laughs) They do some shit, and then her sister shows up.
0: Uh
1: And her sister, who is also a criminal and like owes some bad people money. And it just so happens that they look so much alike that the guy in the park thought that Janie was her sister. Okay. So that's why he was right. Okay. And then they're like, no, no, we're different people. And then they have a, they have a meeting and the sister is basically just like, Give me that coat. Okay, bye. Here, you can have mine. So then more people think that she's the sister. And then at one point, they're in Elizabeth's apartment. They're having a knitting night meeting. And the... Quinn's like, your guards aren't with you. Because he gives her guards at some point. It's like, your guards aren't with you. Danger, danger, I'm coming over. And she's like, okay. And then um, she's at the apartment. They're having the knitting group. And then the intercom buzzes. And they're just like, oh, well, it's probably Quinn. We'll just let him up. No, it's skinheads. What? Wait, what? Yeah. It's like two skinheads. I think it's two skinheads who come in. And they're like come on you're coming with us and Janie's like i am not my sister i'm Janie. and they're like well let so-and-so decide that and they have guns and hey guess what happens
0: i can't you just said skinheads broke into a knitting circle
1: <laughs> the knitting group fights them off uh using knitting needles they like stab them with knitting needles but then this part was too much for me this one woman made this guy drop his gun, so another woman picked it up and shot him in the stomach. Whoa! It was the, the, the one from either the one from Texas or Tennessee. So, like, she, she, like, came out of the womb knowing how to use a handgun. Mm-hmm. But she's just like, yeah, picks up the gun and shoots the guy in the stomach. And then pistol whips him with it. Quinn shows up, and one of the guys have already been incapacitated, so he has to help with the other guy, because these, like, five scrappy women with their knitting needles, and one of, oh, it's, uh, the one, the one, I think it's the one from Tennessee that she's the guy, and the one from Texas, as soon as danger's happening, she grabs Janie and throws both of them behind the couch, so that she's on top of Janie, and she's like, so, all around them is this chaos where these women are just like fighting off these men and stabbing them with knitting needles and shooting them in the goddamn stomach. Why
0: wasn't that the whole book? Why wasn't the that the whole, whole book? book? It
1: was great, and then
0: I want—I now just want an adventure book where it's just women who were knitting circles and they beat the crap out of skinheads. Yes, <laughs> and then,
1: um, I the, and they weren't—I don't think they were like white supremacist skinheads, but like they had that. That oh. aesthetic, but they—they they were criminals. They were bad people, um, uh, and not—not and not to say that criminals are bad people, but they are like the kind that go and oh. kill people and abduct Jamie women. would say so. that. Yeah. Oh, that judgmental bitch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so then I also love too. There's a part where um, Quinn's like, "Oh, I'm, it's good thing I was here to help you," and one of the women like, "Ah, oh, we did most of this ourselves, you dumbass." Anyway, hey, guess what happens? They end up together. She oh! Oh, there's oh, there's a bit it really doesn't fucking matter that she like the she's she's looking at that apartment that he wants her to live in, and then he comes out of another apartment down the hall, even though his apartment is two floors up, and he's shirtless with a cigarette burn on his chest, and then her sister comes out in just her bra. She's like, Fuck me. And it turns out that the sister just like Decided to like take his because they because they they knew each other before from their from the criminal wait, wait, underground.
0: Wait 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 Quinn and Janie's sister Jam, right? Her name is Jam. <laughs> <laughs> Jam? Is it? No, it, it was Gem. I remember it's Jem, because it it's like Jem from the Holograms, which isn't much better. But like, <laughs> so. Jim and Quinn knew each other?
1: Yes. They Please. weren't. They never, like, worked with each other, but they sort of, like, ran in similar circles. So then, so then, this scene, the scene, and this is before the knitting circle, so I'm sorry it's out of order, but I just wanted to share it. That, like, um, because she and Elizabeth are looking at the apartment, and even though Quinn said, my apartment's two floors up, or whatever... Or she'd already been to his apartment. I don't remember. It was on a different floor. But then he and the sister were in a different apartment that the company owns down the hall. I don't understand. Also, sorry. Were they real having fast.
0: sex? Were they having sex? What is no, happening? No. Okay, Why was you're... she in there? I don't understand.
1: <laughs> they were talking. I think he was trying to get her to like leave Janie alone. And then, according to the book, she quote just went crazy because that's what criminals do. They just go crazy. And she like took her shirt off, took his shirt off burned him with a cigarette <laughs> that's literally all that was
0: well and didn't jam i'm gonna just call her jam didn't that's better jam also have an isn't she the one who had the affair with Janie's? <gasps> ex? that's right like she's For, the one who had sex sh- with that's him right
1: and- i completely forgot john cheated on Janie with jam too many <laughs> j names I don't, I don't, oh and then of course he was like well she looks just like you but you're so distant and don't always want to have sex I'm like yeah cause you're not good at it and then she's not a person she's a hair doll um so yeah it's, it's all fucking dumb anyway oh another thing sorry really fast there's one point where she does go to his apartment it is barely furnished and that is not explained at all. So I think we're meant to infer that at some point he was staying at his sister's place because he was waiting for this apartment to be ready. It was never explained. Also, he's a fucking millionaire. Just like hire someone to decorate that apartment. It's literally like a box spring and a mattress on the ground, one dresser, empty kitchen. There's like no, like it's a murder house. It's a murder apartment where you bring people to murder them. Anyway, at the end of the book, they end up together, but, like, she's living in the apartment with Elizabeth, and it's just so great. Mm. That's that book. Oh not, my fucking not God. It, but that's what happens. Okay, we need to talk about... Oh, fuck, what was it?
0: What was the word? It was s- slams, slams? Slams.
1: Was Slamps. it
0: slams? Slamps. 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 Okay. Wendell's.
1: So, yeah. Okay. So Elizabeth has this thing about Wendell's. I don't know why Wendell, but Wendell's are men who just fuck boys, essentially. They just like are assholes and sleep with women. Great. And then there's the point. Okay. So Quinn asks Janie out on a date and while they're on a date, they're talking about dating. And he says, I don't date. That's as if A surgeon is stitching you up after a surgery and is like, I don't perform surgeries. You're on the date. You, You asked a woman out on a date. You are on a date, but you say that you don't date. Okay, sure. Fine. Um... And then she's like, you don't date? And it's like, yeah, I've never wanted to. So then this kicks off a whole thing in her brain where he's a man whore. And if she has sex with him, she'll get STDs. And I'm just like, okay, sure. Way to uh, just like, like, there's so much to unpack there. But like, okay, I'm going to tell you something. In my experience, the slutty people are the most on top of getting tested. (laughs) Ha ha! I'm just going to put that out there. Um, so she's a judgmental bitch. So she assumes that if, if somebody doesn't date that, uh, that automatically means that they're a whore, that he's sleeping with all of Chicago, and, and there's a part where she's like, well, what makes a man whore? I'm like, well, what makes a man whore is you being judgmental, which comes from the false implication that romance and sex are tied to each other and sex cannot have intimacy in and of itself. Whatever. And then she talks, talk, starts talking about slamps, which is all the women that he sleeps with, they're slamps. What, are, what is a slamp? I'm assuming it's a portmanteau of slut and tramp. That's what I'm assuming. This book just kept saying slamps as if it's a thing. Maybe it's from meme culture from, like, 2013 or wherever this book came out, and I just don't know. I don't know.
0: Yeah, one of the the things that, like, yeah, because I thought I'd skip something when she kept saying slamps over and over. I was like... It slams something that she and somebody else had talked about that we must say slams again.
1: You and think ex- it's a Wendell, but it's not. Oh,
0: geez. She yeah. just explained so much in her head. And so then not only that, like, but it comes from something. The thing that annoyed me most about Janie was, was she refused to think about or say or talk about sex. Yeah. like. Anytime sex came up, she would have to say that thing. She had euphemisms for it. She was very awkward around sex. She was obvious she didn't like it. Like, there was, like, she was so childish. So childish. Mm -hmm. This could have been a high schooler having her first job.
1: Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Another thing, too... um...
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. This came out in 2013, and that's insane. For a book to be, like, for any character to be like, oh, I don't use cell phones in 2013, fuck you. That wasn't a thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What else? He he gets angry at her every time she says no or disagrees with him. Like, there are points where his eyes flash dangerously at her, so that's Uh, fun. Um, Oh, another thing that is so charming about Quinn, he eats an entire hamburger in four bites. Every time he's eating a sandwich, he eats a quarter of it in a single bite. So I'm imagining that he's just like... "Ah, ah, just like, that's fucking disgusting. And I know that she put that in there to be like, oh my god, look how manly he is. He just shovels food into his mouth like he's a fucking dump truck. Isn't that manly? No, it's fucking disgusting. Because I'd bet anything that son of a bitch chews with his mouth open. Uh, Um... I'm going through my notes to see if there's anything else. Um,
0: I don't see how there possibly could be. I know,
1: right? (sighs) Oh, also, he doesn't understand the imbalance of their power dynamic until she brings it up to him. Hmm. Like, she. Like, it's not. He's not on a trip about it. It's not that he enjoys being in control of women. He does. It's, like, not a thing that... Like, he's not conscious of what he's doing. There's a point where she's like, Yeah, so you're my boss, and then also my apartment. If I get this apartment, it's tied to my job. You see how that's a problem, right? And at first he's like, I think you're just being very closed-minded. And she's like, Well, what happens if, if if you're mad at me and you decide to fire me? He's like, I would never. And she's like, Yeah, but what if? And he's like... Uh, <laughs> like, God damn son of a bitch I uh, just like
0: I think I think we can Can we be done? Stuff.
1: This was so fucking awful
0: That was that book
1: Ugh. Are you ready?
0: ready? Are you ready? ready? Buck Buck Mary. Mary. Buck Mary. Buck right Are you ready? Let's play fuck Mary Fuck Mary Fuck Mary kill Kills. Let's play fuck Mary Mary kill fuck Mary kill Fuck Mary kill Fuck Mary kill are you ready? Fuck Mary <laughs> kill. <laughs> yes. Okay, Claire. Yes.
1: Are you ready for some fuck Mary kill?
0: Yes. Do it. Give it to me. Give it to me.
1: Okay. Um, Claire. Fuck Mary kill.
0: Uh huh. Quinn. Uh huh.
1: Poppy's mom.
0: Uh huh.
1: Or Poppy's sister Iris. Ooh. So the the controlling assholes.
0: Okay, um, I am going to fuck Quinn, because (laughs) it did seem like he was probably good at it. (laughs)
2: Like,
0: so, you know, being a slamp... He's probably got... Or a Wendell. Whatever. No, either one he's
1: is. a... No, women cannot be... or No, men can't be slamps. They have to be Wendells.
0: Right, okay. So... Um, Obviously, Claire. Being a Wendell, it sounds uh-huh. like he's good at it. So, mm-hmm. why not? Because um, I'm going to kill the mom. Because yep. uh, she was she was gen- genuinely horrendous. Yes. And, um, and I'm going... marry the sister if only because she did have sort of a redemption
1: right but then you don't get a name her husband never had a name it was always iris's husband through the whole book
0: right well and also poppy was always glad he wasn't around like he seemed nice yes i know she was like uh thankfully he stayed out of the way and i was like why he seems really pleasant he
1: he literally has no lines so obviously he's better than your mom and your sister why are you so mad uh, anyway okay I would do the exact same things I'd be one of Wendell's slamps and hopefully uh, I don't I, yes god I can't even like my brain just, uh, okay so yes I will fuck Quinn I will kill Poppy's mom and I will marry Iris because she has the good ice cream
0: indeed Indeed, Iris did have the good ice cream.
1: She's Iris with the good ice cream.
0: Iris with the good ice cream. All right. Neil Higgins. Yes. Fuck Mary Kill. Mhm. Uh baby blankets. Okay. Sweaters. Okay. Socks.
1: Okay. Knitting projects, essentially. Knitting projects. Which the knitting in the City book had none of. Because Janie doesn't fucking knit. Okay. Um I think I'm going to marry socks because of those three things, that's the only thing that I actually wear. Mm. Um I don't wear sweaters. Uh because I run very hot. So having a a jacket, a zippy jacket, that's easier to take on and off is better for me. Otherwise, if I'm in a sweater, I'm just up and down, head through the hole all day long. Which yeah. sounded like something else, now that I've <laughs> heard about it. I, okay, so apparently that peanut butter whiskey melts your brain out. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so I think I'm going to marry socks. I guess I'll fuck sweaters, and then I'll kill baby blankets, just because... I would feel really awkward fucking or marrying a baby blanket. <laughs> so I'm just gonna kill it. Um I don't I don't know. I don't know, Claire. <laughs> what about you?
0: Well, um I will think of them more as like the actual task of making them. Uh, okay.
1: Oh, that a blanket's easiest, isn't it?
0: I, dep- I baby blankets, I think, are very hard because oh, okay. they have to be like very fine and very like very traditionally very soft. Um, mm. So, like this, the one that I have is very thick and big and bulky, and so it's like not good for baby blankets. But I do love baby blankets because they're so fine, usually, and so soft, and like s- like they're so tenderly made. There's something about them that's just genuinely. It's just love. It's just love. <laughs> (laughs) Um, I enjoy sweaters, but I will say um, I don't enjoy a knitted sweater all the time. Sure. Um, And I find them constricting. There's always, like, it's always too close to the neck. You can't, like, ugh. Like, I always feel trapped in a sweater. I always feel trapped in a sweater. Um, I guess I'm I always feel trapped
1: in a sweater. The Claire Rice story.
0: (laughs) I always feel trapped in a sweater.
1: That is that is a good uh, a good title for memoirs.
0: Yeah, I would take it. I always yeah, feel trapped yeah, yeah, yeah. in a sweater. Um, and I'm not a big fan of socks. I mean, I love socks and shoes, but it, I'll be honest, like just would if I'm not wearing shoes, I don't like socks, and I like to just have my toesies free.
1: Yes, I um, agree. But I also can't wear shoes without socks because my feet get sweaty and gross.
0: Same, same, same. Hear uh, that,
1: boys? My feet get sweaty and gross. <laughs>
0: so i am going to i am going to marry baby blankets if only Mm -hmm. because oh they're just so cute and adorable and i love Mm -hmm. them um and i just love the tender love that goes into making a baby blanket for somebody else like i just think that's great um Mm -hmm. sweaters i guess i'm going to um fuck sweaters because i like them enough sometimes when you need them but, you know, I, I feel trapped, so I just want one and done, one and done. Um, you just want to
1: be in a, in a plexiglass cage with a sweater and, a, and an exotic monkey? Have uh, a good time?
0: Man, readers, you don't even know. You don't even know. Um, and then I guess I'm going to kill Socks just because, uh, I'm not wearing Socks right now, and I don't even want to think about them. And, you uh, know, no. Okay, so that's, that's me. fair. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and of all the characters, Claire. Who would you fuck, who would you marry, and who would you kill?
0: Well, I guess I am going, I'm going to marry Rhiannon. Mm -hmm. Um, I think, like, I love, I I, I think I'm a person who respects boundaries, and if she put up certain boundaries, uh, honestly, like, Rhiannon's great. Rhiannon is a good human being who is delightful, caring, uh, funny,
1: her cute little butch aesthetic. I love it. I love it. I mean,
0: and she was like... I'd
1: want her to wear a floral print shirt and a bold, clashy tie to every function we ever go to.
0: Yes! Ugh! Oh, she has short, cropped hair, but knows how to uh, do a French braid.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: I love mm-hmm. it. I'm on board. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I will marry her. She sounds great. Um, I think... Um, I think I'm gonna fuck Steven... Mm-hmm. Um, because I mean, he's he, he. I think he'll be up for fun for an evening. I'm just going to say maybe he's by. Who knows? Who can say? And maybe he'll the be the author. Into certainly it. doesn't. Dope. and doesn't care. Just likes, nope. just wants a sassy person to be her best friend. Yeah. And um, but I think we'll have a good time, and I will save him from mm-hmm. that storyline. And <laughs> um,
1: save him with your magic vagina.
0: Yes, and I'm going to kill Janie. <laughs> okay. I think we so we so often don't kill the main character because we feel bad for them and the things they've gone through, but honestly, Janie, we're all done with you. You're can dumb you, as bricks. Can you You're kill too someone to
1: live? <laughs> can you kill someone when they're just a hair doll with big hair tits? <laughs>
0: Um we've killed other inanimate objects, why not Janie?
1: <laughs> fair, fair, I will give you that. I will give you that. Okay. And Neil. Uh, I'm I'm also gonna fuck Steven because it sounds like it would be a story after. Like there would be some kind of shenanigans involved, and like we would we would we'd probably part ways both of us and be like that was probably not the best thing I could have done, but it makes for a good story and I'll be like I'm am glad I did that once kind of thing. That's the sense that I get what it's like having sex with Stephen. I will also marry Rhiannon because she is the little little angel with a big pink umbrella. Mm-hmm. Um, she is lactose intolerant. That might be a problem for us. Um, though it seems that she's fine with processed dairy. So I think we can still do like cheese and stuff. Um, the only thing, the only negative thing I have about and about being married to her is that she's always so mature in arguments. And that would be annoying to me because I am not always mature in arguments. So I'd be like, <laughs> Rhiannon, I'm so pissed off. And she'd be like, yeah, I understand that. But here's where I'm coming from. And I think this is what we need to do. To, and I'll be like, fuck, I know you're right, but stop being so much all the time! (laughs) That's my one grudge with Rihanna is that she is too mature. (laughs) Um, and then I'm gonna kill Quinn because he's garbage, he's jealous, he's controlling, um, he thinks that relationships have winners. Um, and I honestly feel that if he... Oh, he also like tricks women into being his employees so that he can seduce them. Um... I honestly feel that if he uh, didn't exist and Janie and Elizabeth just found an apartment together and Janie found her own job and some other boring boyfriends, she would have been fine. She would have been fine. And she would have thought about like the varietal of trees in the Amazon, how many different trees there are, and just like said that at people and then like gone on with her life with her big tits and her giant ass and her teeny waist and her brain made out of curly red hair. I can't with her, but, like, she doesn't know better. That's the thing. I can't be mad at her because she doesn't know better. It's true. It's true. And the books, Claire?
0: I'm going to kill them both. Yeah. Um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, no, I'm so, like, uh, I will say, uh, Knit, Pearl, a baby, and a girl, um... There may have been some personal biases that I had against a person who was obviously not ready to have a baby, but was going to have one anyway, Um and I think there may be an audience out there for it. If anything, there's Rhiannon in the book, Rhiannon. but it's just not enough for me to save it, so yeah. I'm going to kill it. And obviously the other ones... No. <laughs> what? What? Skinheads? <sighs> no! What? She no. shot him in
2: the stomach.
0: Jesus! <laughs> okay, okay. Girl. So, no, they're both... I'm um, killing them both. And Neil, okay, the great. Books. I'm actually gonna
1: marry them. No, that's a lie. That is a lie. I'm gonna kill <laughs> both of these books. Okay, so another thing that I did enjoy about uh, Knit Pearl a Baby and a Girl, um, Poppy is a curvy girl. She calls herself fat. And, like, yeah, we see that people have issues with that, and her mom tries to dress her in what she thinks is flattering, and Poppy's like, no, 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 no. This style that I like is actually flattering to me. And Rayanon's just like, come over here, baby, with your curves. And, like, that's great. Like, it's it's very po- body positive. So I did appreciate that. But then also just like, what the fuck is going on? Like, there's there's no conflict, and yet... Uh, whatever. And then... Yeah. um fucking the other one. Goodness gracious. It was like so unpleasant an experience to read just because like every other page Quinn did something horrible or Janie didn't feel like felt like an animated mannequin who just didn't understand. Like she is the film mannequin with none of the charm. No, not mannequin. I'm thinking life-sized with Tyra Banks and Lindsay Lohan. Because that movie's funny. Um, Janie is a mannequin brought to life that's not funny. So why? Why do I care about an unfunny mannequin?
0: Mm. So I'm yeah. killing those
1: books. Okay. Is it time?
0: I think it's time.
1: Time for our favorite game.
0: Favorite game. Christine. Christine. Yes. Yes.
2: yes. Christine. 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 Yes. I, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm ready to go. Okay. I'm ready to go. So. Okay.
1: Our next two books. I don't think you're going to get it, but I'm really excited about both of these.
2: Watch this be the one that I get, like, right away.
1: You'll be like, this is my random guess, but it's actually the right one. Okay.
2: Yeah. <laughs>
1: so the first book is... Pretty Perfect, Boys in Makeup, Book One, by Christina Lee and Riley Hart. And the other book is Breaking the Bachelor, Smart Cupid, Book One, by Maggie Kelly.
2: Is it television producers?
1: No. That's a good one, though. It's a good one.
2: Yeah, it's. I was thinking it was like reality TV specifically.
1: Mm, yeah, mm-hmm, like behind mm-hmm.
2: the scenes, maybe there, or something. I
1: almost was able to find a couple books about YouTubers. Ooh. I think I'll save them for later, but not these. These are not that.
2: Okay. All right.
0: What was the second one?
1: The second book was Breaking the Bachelor. That's where you got the reality TV, Breaking the Bachelor <laughs> yeah. S- Smart Cupid Book One by Maggie Kelly.
0: Um, ballet.
1: Nah. It's a good one though.
2: Why makeup? I just keep coming back to like theater or TV or something like that because, like, where else it's like makeup a thing?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: Makeup. Uh, unless it's just like a, a mall makeup counter. I don't know. Could you imagine?
1: <laughs> the theme is Mac stores. No. But that'd be a good one. <laughs>
2: <laughs> or just mall romances. That, yeah. Maybe like yeah. a teen mall yeah. romance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean,
1: like, nothing can beat um, Escape from Billings Mall, but.
0: Right. Yes. <laughs> but, yeah. I don't know.
2: No idea.
1: Okay. Do you give up?
2: I give up. Yeah.
1: Bartenders. Oh! <laughs> <laughs> wow! Party. Hey, okay. Yeah. 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 Um, so, Pretty Perfect Boys in Makeup Book One. I'm so excited about because one of the one of the characters is a bartender, and the other characters, the boy who wears makeup, is a go go dancer at the same gay bar.
2: Oh, of course. Yeah. Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah. So I'm very excited. Um, so yeah, that's what we're reading, and I hope that they are good. I'm sure they're going to be great. Okay. There is. Uh, a... And I think that's it, it, right?
2: Yeah, that is it.
1: So uh, thank you, Claire.
2: Thank you, Neil.
1: Thank you, Christine.
2: Thank you.
0: Thank you, listeners. Thank you so much, Christine. Thank you very much, listeners.
1: We love you. We love everything about you. If you like. Oh, what I we... just want
0: to oh, yes. give a very quick shout out to <gasps> thank you, Gary who is um, my stepfather, and he sent us huge shot glasses from Texas. <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I, these are not shot glasses. They are... Um, they're full, full long glasses. shot glasses. They're, they're highballs. They're, they're, they're highballs, but they are they say don't mess with Texas on them and like in full support of us. And he like <laughs> sent a very lovely note about how proud he is of the podcast and of Aww. us. And honestly, like so next time when we are all together, we will have a cheers with these don't mess with Texas shot glasses. And, but
2: definitely we have eliminated peanut butter whiskey
0: as our That is not place. a thing that you shoot. <laughs> (laughs)
1: no 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 and it melts your
0: brains thank you to all of our listeners of course and to our authors
1: yes thank you authors Um, and I think that's it so as long as you can do so uh, safely Consensually. consensually even if you are a slamp (laughs)
0: <laughs> or a Wendell. Or a Wendell. Or, a Wendell. Or, a Wendell. <laughs> or whatever the other thing is that might be in between something like that.
1: Uh, who knows? Yeah. <laughs> who knows? Or if you're a, a doll made out of hair with big teeth. <laughs> <laughs> as long as you can consent. Not that she ever did, but if you can. <gasps>